Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Hey, Veritas, welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Michael Rhodes. So good to be with you today. Uh, joining me today are two of our elders, one that you've heard from many times and one brand new guest today that we're excited about. So I'm joined here today by Matthew Morkin. Say what's up, Matthew. What's up? There you go. And we are graced with the presence of the one and only Jeff Meyer today. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Matthew and Jeff are both elders in our church. Matthew's on staff. Uh, as well and as biblical counseling pastor, gospel shepherding pastor, all that stuff that uh, involves a lot of hard conversations, but also just helping our people grow in the knowledge of, of the Lord and, and becoming more mature disciples. So uh, before we jump into uh, the, the podcast series that we're going to start up today, would love for you guys listening to this to just get to know Matthew and Jeff just a little bit more. So we'll start with you, Jeff, since you're our new guest here. Tell us a little bit about your family, maybe even tell us how long you've been at Veritas. Yeah, so um, my wife Sarah and I have been married for coming up, uh, well, 26 years now, so uh, we have four kids, um, Kaylee, Aiden, Devin, and Bree, uh, raging from 25 Did to Did you say 15. raging from? or Ra- maybe, Well, <laughs> maybe sometimes. <so>. Sometimes <laughs> raging. Ranging. Yeah, sometimes they make us rage, so whatever. Uh, but no, they're... Uh, well, one graduated from Iowa State. We got two at Iowa State, and we got one at Jefferson. Um, so we've been coming here for probably since the December of 2014 time Does frame, that so. ever make you sad that they're at Iowa State? No, no. That's that's the school that, that we're going to force Bree to go to. Oh. She doesn't know that yet, so if she listens <laughs> to this podcast, now she knows. And it's brainwashing. Since, since nobody is watching this podcast, since we're not recording it, Jeff has an Iowa State shirt on right now, repping it very proudly. Thank you. All right, Matthew, tell us a little bit about your family as well. Uh, I am married to Sharon. She's also on staff here. We've been married for 21 and a half years, and we have three boys, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 11-year-old. So we're in the yeah. busy season of life. Mm-hmm. They're going to Iowa State too, right? Uh, <laughs> no comment. We'll, we'll fight later, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things we like to do on these podcasts is talk about something that you've been either loving or learning lately. So, uh, Jeff, we'll, we'll jump back to you. What is something in life that you have been either loving or learning? Yeah, so um, going through a, a chronological Bible reading plan this year, and uh, we're still in the Old Testament. We're in Jeremiah right now. And just learning how the prophets had a, uh, not only a special message from God to speak to their people, but they had a special demonstration of God's truth that he was delivering to his people by the way that they had to deliver it. So you had Jeremiah having to bury a loincloth in the ground and it, you know, got all moldy and they had to tell Israel, this is you. And then you had, you know, have to marry a a prostitute. And that's, you know, God saying you're my people, but you're acting like a prostitute. And so here you got to go marry this prostitute now. So yeah, it's just, that was their calling and that was what they had to do. Um, they had to give up some pretty serious things to, to follow God and to tell his word to their people. So, mm-hmm. well, what you got, Matthew, what you've been loving or learning lately? Um, probably in regard to family, um, just this summer, Finley has gotten a lot bigger and just, we've done the whole, um, driver's permit thing. And 
we have, he's got his job. And so that's just like, um, I know everyone, everyone's here, but if time is going so fast Mm -hmm. and so watching my kids grow up and just, that was kind of a wake up call. It's like, Oh my goodness, this is here. And then we didn't know that, you know, a job was questionable because he was 14, but then it worked out. And then, um, you know, he was just ready to go and do it. And so that has expanded, um, our sanctification in a different way of just like, Oh, this is freedom and he's bigger and he looks big and he's starting to look old. And when he hugs me, he can crunch my bones (laughs) and, um, just a different season of life a little bit along there too. So just wondering, you know, what will the next five years bring and what's God doing and seeing them get bigger. And I know it'll be here in a blink of an eye. So just hanging on. So we have, we just, uh, just talking about a different season of life for our family and this is, I don't know that I'm loving this so much, but we dropped our four-year-old, four-year-old off at preschool this morning. So mm-hmm. we still got one behind him, but uh, it was a, like internally emotional. Erica was a little more externally <laughs> emotional this morning. But for me, I'm like, oh man, this is like little Abe. We're dropping him off. Like, this is crazy God, that he's going. Crazy. But he sprinted into school. So that was a, I didn't, I thought they were going to have to pry him out of the car. So, <laughs> but they cool. didn't. So he just took off. So yeah, in a different season, I'm not, I'm not ready for jobs and permits and all that kind of oh stuff. Oh my goodness. So Those crazy. emotions don't change when you drop them off at college. Uh, I guess. Yeah. You just dropped a third off at yep. college. Yep. So, wow. All right, so we'll have to quit reminiscing here, or we'll all be in tears by the end in just a few minutes. So uh, today we're going to shift gears uh, pretty dramatically from what we were just talking about. Um, and what we're going to talk about over the course of this next series is uh, thoughts on Genesis and culture. So how the world began and where it is today. And what we're trying to do in this podcast series, we are starting in just a couple weeks. By the time that you hear this, we'll have started a sermon series in the book of Genesis. We're going to spend the whole fall of 2022 basically in Genesis. And in Genesis, you see the foundation of how the world was created and how God was a part of all of that. Um, Unfortunately, our sermons are, unfortunately for me, our sermons are only 35 minutes, all right? So now for some people to be named later, or maybe not to be named Jake, um, 35 minutes is a, a tough, a tall task for some people to stick to, Jake each. And, um, but uh, in 35 minutes, you can't cover a lot, and you can probably open up a lot of cans in 35 minutes and not be able to put everything back in. So the hope is for this podcast to be able to address some additional topics that we can't cover in a, just a, a Sunday morning sermon. And But even in a, a short podcast, we're not going to be able to cover everything. So um, our hope is just to help you as listeners and our church primarily to be able to equip you as, an, as a mature disciple in your understanding of how the world began and help you begin to understand how to navigate cultural issues that kind of come up against that. So... Um, we're not going to give you all the answers in this podcast. Some of you are probably listening like, oh, there's, there's three elders talking about this. What, they're going to tell us exactly what to believe. Sorry, we're going to disappoint you. We're not going to tell you exactly what to believe. Um, you, we don't want you to be spoon-fed. Uh, we want you to be able to go to your Bibles as a mature disciple and you to learn on your own. But we hope to give you some kind of guardrails to run inside of. 
to help you flourish and grow as a mature disciple. So all that to say, guys, uh, when it, the first topic here is creation, all right? That's where we're all starting at. So what are kind of the basic orthodox beliefs that all, I would say, evangelical Christians agree on when it comes to creation? Because you got a lot of things that can come out there, and there's different different believers or believers that would believe different things about creation. But what do all kind of evangelical Christians believe that are kind of the same things? Yeah. Um, well, God did it. I mean, there you go. very first words, right? In the beginning, God, and then explains what he did. So that's the very first thing I'd say. Yeah, I think the the big thing, too, depending on how far you extend the creation story, is also just the discussion of just order and general structure. I think we'd all agree that God is creator somehow, some way, and then going into some of the order and structure of, of how things are in the first couple chapters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Anything else you'd add to that, guys? Yeah, Adam. Um created out of the dust of the ground. I mean, literally, that's the first man. Um, so gets into some things we'll talk about later, but uh, you got to believe that. Yep. Jesus talks about that. So For sure, for sure. Anything else you would add to that? that you, you know, Matthew, that like all evangelical Christians would basically believe this about creation. I mean, I, I, nothing comes to the top of my head because yeah. even like when you mentioned that Adam being created from the dust, I don't know that, would you say that all evangelicals fall under that category? I would say you almost have to to be considered an evangelical. That's what the Bible says, right? So Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're you're yeah, wrestling with the choir here. So yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. just sure. that that's that's I, I could see that being a point of contention, sure. but you definitely you know, you see Jesus reference that and you see it in Romans five as well. And so Adam is a central figure. Adam and Eve are central figures probably that all would go back to and say like there was there were the first mother, first father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yep. sure. All right. So just a, probably just a handful of things, right? That, um, Christians would say, yes, we all believe this about creation. So this is where it can kind of get tricky. What are the, what are the places where Christians start to differ when it comes to biblical creation? Mm-hmm. We could spend 4,000 podcasts on this one, probably. (laughs) Yeah, and naturally, I don't, just to be fair, we're not going to, you know, it's hard to come at these things. You know, there's so many different beliefs on them, too. There's a gap theory between the verse 1 and verse 2 that, you know, why why is it referencing heavens and earth, and the Spirit is hovering over what? Like, how is that coming to play? Mm -hmm. There's discussions over theistic evolution, like how long is a day reference when it says in the you know, there's in the morning and the evening, the first day, like, what does that mean? Whether it means a season of, or a period of years and things along those lines. And there are different variations of what is the difference between chapter one and chapter two. Mm-hmm. Those are the few that come to my mind. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, do you have others? Uh, were there mosquitoes before the fall is another one. There you go. Do Adam and Eve have belly yeah. buttons? Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we go to that level, there's, <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, I think some more serious questions, though, like how, how long ago did it happen? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how many years has it been since the world was created and you know, there are lots of different answers to that question. So another thing I think we disagree on or wrestle with is when was the fall of Satan of Lucifer Mm -hmm. and Isaiah 42? Like when did that go down and what impact did that have on creation? So for sure. So one of the things you guys kind of both mentioned were like, how, how old is, how old is the earth? That all kind of comes back to how long was each day? So the, the kind of the philosophical, debate here is how old is the earth right like is it a a new earth a young earth or is it an old earth 
And in that, like, there's a lot of discussion on what does a day mean? It, was it a actual 24-hour day? Or you see in other parts of Scripture, like, oh, a day is worth like a thousand years to God. So were these a thousand-year time periods, the creation, you know, each day took about a thousand years or something. Mm-hmm. So um, how would you guys, maybe Jeff, I'll just go to you. How would you kind of... Um, summarize that argument yeah new earth versus old earth yep um it does it goes back to what do you call a day um it goes back to uh do you think that there was death before the fall do you i mean there's all these questions that are kind of they seem peripheral when you ask the question but they end up being pretty central to the discussion Uh, if there was death before the fall then then did the fall only affect humans lifespan or did it affect everything because it says that the whole entire creation was cursed by the fall so you know you got to answer that question um yeah just when god gives every plant for food in the beginning um, he doesn't give animals for food yet so what does that mean i mean does there is does that play into the conversation at all so those are some of the things that you got to wrestle with when you start asking that question sure I think added to when you go to the New Testament part where it talks about a day is as a thousand years and vice versa, like understanding that has its context in and of itself mm-hmm. too. So many times when we, we can discuss varying um, topics and yes, it's the same word, but it's a different context, which totally changes everything. And I don't think, is it Peter? I don't yeah. think that's what yep. Peter is necessarily referencing creation. He's making a reference to time and God. Mm-hmm. And because God is so huge, it, it doesn't matter. Sure. And, um, and so just understanding context of both sides of the argument. Yeah, totally. Yep. Okay. So, um, other issues and you, we've all, we've kind of, we've kind of touched on a bunch of these like, Oh, what about this? What about this? So, um, other issues that you, when we're thinking about our church, like what are issues that, um, our church should be considering kind of when it comes to creation and, uh, and we'll get into some implications of that in a little bit, but anything else that you would add? I mean, the one thing I love, I mean, that you need to consider is that there was nothing before God. (laughs) There was nothing before God. There was no gaps. There was no, um, you know, one thing we hear often is there was no will that existed outside of him. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was God. Um, the Trinity, Jesus was present there in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And that's Jesus in verse 14 of John chapter one. Mm-hmm. But like there, there was nothing, nothing. There was no other gods. There was no other forces. There's no other energies. There was no other thing out there. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. yeah, I was looking into that as well, and um, I came across a, a number of passages. I'll just list them, uh, but then I'll kind of give the general overview of what it was. It's, you know, Psalm 33, John 1, Acts 4, Acts 14, Acts 17, Revelation 10, Colossians 1. In all those passages, you hear statements like, God who made the heaven and the earth and everything in them, or God who created all things, or God who, you know, all things were created through him. He is before all things. He's, he holds all things together. So, so there's this aspect of, of creation that involves like, it's, it's not just creation out of nothing. It's holding everything together mm-hmm. by the word of his power too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if our church can come out of this, uh, beginning of Genesis series, um, with the fact that, like, yes, God is, that's where it all starts, and that's where it all ends with God, mm-hmm. His glory going forward, um, that God is the beginning. So God gets to, God 
is the one in authority. He's the one in power. He's the one starting it all. So he gets to determine how it all goes. Mm -hmm. Because I think if we miss that very uh, basic critical piece, then we start to go, well, I get to determine what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to determine, uh, and we'll get to these in future podcasts, I get to determine my gender. Mm -hmm. I get to determine what I want to do with my life versus like God said, no, you're going to work. You're going to like, there's a lot of things that God's going to authorize and Mm -hmm. say like, this is how it's going to go. And if you want it to go well, follow my way of doing it. Yeah. And so, man, if our church can come out, whoever, even this listening, if you can come out of this and go, man, God was, God was there when nothing else existed. He gets to determine how the present is. He gets to determine how the future Mm -hmm. is. And we just want to play a role in that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he gets to do what he wants with his creation, too. Yeah. Um, the potter clay analogy, uh, mm-hmm. that's all throughout Jeremiah, Romans, Isaiah. I mean, it's, it's humanity is this lump of clay that God is forming into things for his glory. And it might be a trash can or it might be a beautiful piece of pottery, whatever. God has that right. And, and on the flip side of that thing, God is potter. And so in Romans 9, it says, does the clay say to the potter, why are you making me yep. like this? Yep. And so oftentimes in our life, we go through life shaking our fists saying, why have you made me like this? Why have you walked me through this situation? And so some of those things all come back into Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. And his authority, his supremacy, his power, his sovereignty, his godness, like he is it, he is the prize. And that's what you bump into headlong yeah. in Genesis chapter one. Yeah, And right along with that, with humanity specifically, um, up until he created man, it was just, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. But then when he created man, he was like hands on, like mm-hmm. this is my, this is gonna be a special creation. Like it's not just like every other animal. It's, <laughs> this is man and in my image and all that, what all that means too. So. Sure. And what, give me some just basic implications of even that, like of, of humanity being kind of special creation. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we talk about cultural events and, and the way that the culture is going right now. If, if everybody understood that every single human being is creating the image of God, what does that have to say about abortion? What does that have to say about slavery? What does that have to say about violence in general? Like, I mean, there's all these things that you just look and you say, well, yeah, sin, like literally corrupted everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, um, so we've we've touched on this already, but what? Why is it so important uh, that our church understands the truth about creation? And yeah, why is biblical creationism just so important? Again, I know we've touched on some of that already, but anything else that you would add to that on why it's so important? I mean, doubling down what I said, I do a lot of biblical counseling here too, and I would say that ninety nine percent of every person I talk to, we could go back to Genesis chapters mm-hmm. one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit more than creation, but like this idea that you have a purpose, that you have an intentionality that God has orchestrated. He's so huge and he's orchestrated. He breathed stars out of his mouth. He said, let there be light. And there was light from nothing God created. And then we're struggling with our identity Mm -hmm. and God hasn't made a mistake. So when he was done creating those things, he said, it is good. And then at the end, in verse 32, he says, it is very good. And so God has made it very good. And that doesn't mean when sin creeps in, like we struggle with how God made things. And so the the tension then is, do we believe that he made it good? 
Now, I might wrestle with it. I might wrestle with my identity. I might mm-hmm. wrestle with my gender. I might wrestle with um, some of the rules and laws that God made. But in the end, do I come down to submitting to him or am I raising my fist saying I'm running further from him? Yeah. And I would say it's the foundation of almost every conversation I have in those gospel shepherding situations. And when we look at you know, anxiety and when we look at fear and anger and frustration, like you can come in here and you see a really powerful God that is very intentional. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to express his love for a people and he goes on to fulfill a promise to a people that benefits all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it starts in one, one. Yeah. And I love how you uh, talked about when he said it was very good at the end and he didn't say that until he created man in his image. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it was just creation that was good until there were image bearers mm-hmm. on, on the planet. And then it became very good, right? Sure. So you, we've talked about, it, it's so important because it just is literally the foundation for everything in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Our, the way that we view the world, the way that we view ourselves, everything is coming from this Genesis 1 creation. And now, thankfully, we have more to, you know, than just Genesis 1, and we have God speaking to us through His Word in so many other ways, like... Mm-hmm through the, like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, through the use of a, a prostitute through the, all these things, God's like speaking and using different things to speak to us. And I mean, that just, that speaks to the special part of creation too. Yep. Like, man, we get to communicate and be in relationship with yeah. this creator God. That's amazing. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. And obviously Genesis, Genesis three is going to change everything in that, right? Like that, Oh, we, we have had this relationship, mm-hmm. but we're going to screw that up royally. Right. Yeah. 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 With that too. Um, the, one of the, one of the neatest things about the whole creation story is, um, you get this picture of, of God, like making man in his image out of the dust of the ground to proclaim his excellency in the world. And then you get to Romans one and you say, um, the, the rebellion, you see the, you see people refusing to acknowledge God for who he is. And the excuse that they give is, well, we don't know that you exist. Mm -hmm. And God's response is look at creation. Like all you need to do is look now that won't tell you everything about me, but it will tell you that I'm powerful. It will tell you that I'm good. It will tell you all these things. And, and there's this perfect example outside our doors every single day. And we still refuse. Well, and that's when, you know, you think about it. Recently, there was a satellite that got the pictures got back to Earth and they've been showing them on social media, or at least that's where I've come across them. And the pictures are absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. of these galaxies and these stars. And it's, it's, it's mind blowing. You're like, this is a fake picture. But it, but it isn't. And, and I think about, you know, you think about Amos as he's a little guy and the pictures he's drawn and the pictures my own kids have drawn and Jeff undoubtedly yours. To think about that picture, like looking up at you and saying like, why did you make me like this? Mm-hmm. And you just realize like when you have this vast galaxy creating God who knows, you know, like when you look at Genesis 1-1, in my mind, it helps me understand how he knows every hair on my head. Mm-hmm. Of course he knows every hair in my head. He just breathes stars out to existence. If you believe that, how did he, how does he do that? I have no idea. But if you believe that by faith, you realize the offensiveness of us saying, you know, I think you screwed up. Mm-hmm. You gave me the wrong spouse. Mm-hmm. You, you, why do I need cancer? You know, why, mm-hmm. why is this happening to me? And, and it's, it's our little two-year-olds, you know, painting, looking up at us saying, what are you doing? Like you really failed. Mm-hmm. And just thinking of how absurd that is that you would approach even us, yeah. you know, that we would just approach 
God in all his holiness and splendor and just being like, yeah, you screwed up on my life. Um, mm. I want to do over. Or mm. I'm going to make it right since you can't seem to handle it. Man, that's good, yeah. Matthew. Because yeah. I, I, when I just think of our church and I think about so many, you know, I mean, sin, it, it messes up so much. And then for us to be able to go back and not just to like just complain at God all the time and grumble, God, why did you do this? What about mm. this? Like, can't didn't you did, don't you see me? And then you look at creation like. Oh wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. You are awesome. The I heavens say, declare it, the glory of God. Yeah, Psalm nineteen. Yep. Yeah, the heavens are declaring how glorious our God is. Yet we're gonna like throw our fist up at God and yeah. say, "Why'd you do this?" Yeah. Well, and it's one thing the heavens, but one thing that blows my mind. I think it's Psalm one hundred four. Um, where it talks about he causes the grass to grow. Mm-hmm. And for as annoying as the grass is to mow every week, if it rains, you know, continuously, but like he causes the grass to grow. And I think we just pass that off. We mm-hmm. pass off photosynthesis. Like it's just no big deal that a tree takes light and it becomes energy and food for it. You know, and we're, you know, it's grass, like it's, it's grass, it's trees. He takes care of the rock badger. Like he, mm-hmm intimately is aware he knows when his mountain goats are giving birth you know and so and then we run about like he's dropped the ball on us you know and i think some of us aren't aware of our offensiveness of sin but we're like thumbing our nose at an indescribable very big creator saying he screwed up Mm -hmm. no you didn't think through this or you failed me yeah, I think about that a lot when I think about things like you mentioned the galaxies and pictures of those things. There are there are galaxies that we will never see, yeah. but they're there and they're beautiful, right? And there are salamanders that live 300 feet under the water and are blind. They can't see because there's no light, but they're beautifully colored. Why? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah, what is the point? <laughs> what's yeah. the point? So, well, they're beautiful. Yeah, what is the point of this whole creation, special creation, all that, guys? Yeah. It's to draw us back to God. It's yep. to point out to yep. us that there is a God. And I think, um, you know, it's the heavens, you know, like Jeff, you've referenced, the heavens are declaring the glory of God, sure. and many of us are rejecting it. Yeah. yeah. When I think of uh, that humans are created in the image of God, that we're to reflect mm-hmm. God, you know, that is that is our destiny, too. Like, everything about our lives are is to reflect God, so... You know, man, whatever, like whatever's been created, the the weird salamander way below the earth to the the galaxies to us, mm-hmm. we were made to reflect the glory of God. Yep. Um, just good stuff. So, Jeff, you mentioned earlier some kind of cultural issues yeah. that creation maybe flies in a biblical creation kind of flies in the face of, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some of those cultural issues that kind of arise when when we when biblical creationism is not believed. Yeah. Um, the first thing on my list was uh, uh, in the idea of environmental stewardship versus environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big difference because as believers in God, we are called to steward creation, right? He didn't just put us here to destroy everything, right? He put us here to care for the creation, to care for the creatures, to care for all this stuff. But you can take that too far mm-hmm. and you can start to worship the creation. Mm-hmm. And that's what Romans 1 warns you about, right? Yeah. So, For sure. Yeah, what are other issues that might come up? And I'll, I'll say this: obviously, in a, in a podcast this short, we're not going to address all those. We're, you know, again, we could probably open up some additional cans here mm-hmm. that we don't want to be. Able, we're not able to put everything back into. But what are some other cultural issues that kind of arise when biblical creationism isn't believed? I mean, I think the the essence of like authority, um, the authority figure, and then submission mm-hmm. um, in general. 
let alone in marriage, but like in general, there there's order and there's structure and there is a authority giver and there's a group that always submits to the authority giver. And so you see that in the days of creation, there's the moon and stars are set over the night, the sun over the day and so on and so forth. And so it's not just starting with men and women Mm -hmm. or in the church. Um, It's actually started in creation and there's some animals are bigger than other animals and they rule over the area or the plain or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so there's orders and structures that are happening and our culture is bucking against that very tremendously. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, uh, some other things that could, that would come up when you're, studying creationism would be, you know, evolution, gender, Mm -hmm. race, authority, like you just mentioned, truth. Like there's so much that can come from this and, and you can go in so many different directions in life if you aren't solid in your belief about creation. Right. Yep. Um, and so, um, if, if, our church is listening to this, guys, and there's there may be five of them listening right now. Maybe I think every time we're hoping that we get to three to four, yes. maybe five people are well, listening. We got, we we got, got four here. We have four here. I know, our yeah, wives Sam were up to is eight. behind. I, I want to say behind the glass, like we were in some radio <laughs> yeah. studio or whatever. But he is he is here listening. So four of us. Are we wrapped like, him in plastic. <laughs> yeah, he can't leave. <laughs> um, so what is one thing? Because we we obviously talked about a whole lot of things here. What's one thing that you would love our church to take away from a podcast like this? Um, you know, one thing I will say, I, I know there's some people who have been like, we are in a very engineering culture. And so you have been through the rigmarole of science and structure. And I don't think that creationism takes away from that or that this takes away. Undoubtedly, through the study, there are added questions. And so as much as there's an attempt, uh, as much as there's a tension between like, you know, like what about these scientific structures and what about this and what about that? Like encouraging people while you might not be here to lean into like, let's look at the character and nature of God, not in Genesis one, you know, or one and two, if that's a struggle for you, but like looking at his care for detail throughout the rest of the scriptures, look at his character as he cares for Israel, as he raises Mm -hmm. up Babylon to take over Israel, look at his care for detail when he um, provides his promise in Jesus Christ that he made in Genesis 3.15. Mm -hmm. Like, look at his care for detail there, and you might need to take some of that character and bring it back into Genesis 1 and, and wrestle with it too. There, there just aren't answers for exactly how all this stuff exactly came to be, but we believe by faith that God tells the truth. Mm-hmm. And so whether Genesis 1-1 is poetic or not, or all these things, like there's a reason why we know this. Now, I would say that the biggest reason is God wants us to know him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the finest points here. But nonetheless, like there's always a challenge in these things. You can go your way or you can lean into God. And I would, I want to lean into God. Yeah. I want to lean in. And I, I don't think that leaning in either way is necessarily ignorant, but study and lean in and wrestle with it. Like, it's okay. But I would I would encourage and implore our church to, you know, lean into God lean a little in. bit more than any other direction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would encourage them, too, to say, um, you know, it's not like you said, Matthew, it's not just Genesis 1. It's not just, it's not just those. It's things like um, when, when marriage is described in Ephesians 5. And Paul says, you know, your purpose in marriage is to display the relationship between Christ and his church, right? And, uh, and so, 
you get that there. And then you go back to Genesis and you say, well, God created man as male and female. Well, if that didn't happen, then you couldn't display the the church to the world the way that Paul says in Ephesians that you're that you're to do. Mm-hmm. And so it, there, it's got its tendrils everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely, sure, yeah. If we just see Genesis one as Genesis one without the rest of Scripture, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. okay. But like it it plays into. I mean, I don't even know how how many different books of the Bible we've mm-hmm. even referenced in this short podcast already mm-hmm. because it just shows up over and over and over. All right. So, um, guys, do you have any other kind of resources for our church? Again, we have, you know, a 35 minute sermon. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be not terribly long. Um, where are some other places that our church could go to, to grow in maturity when it comes to creationism? Hmm. I don't have a lot. I I think the, one of the the books that I found helpful probably doesn't necessarily deal with um, creation that much. Um, it's a book on evangelical ethics, actually, where it just talks about some foundational truth. Um, I would also go to books. Um, Desiring God uh, is a book that revolutionized my life. But again, like going to the centrality of God. Well, it doesn't necessarily like it's not a commentary on Genesis one, mm-hmm. but you like go like you need a big view of God. And I think that's one of the tensions going back to my last comment about science. Like the biggest issue with science is it doesn't doesn't address miracles. Like there is an absolute miracle that stuff can happen that a God can breathe out stars. Like, yeah, that doesn't make that's not one plus one equals two. That's mm-hmm. like one plus one equals a billion. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing, like we recognize in faith, we believe a dead guy rose again, and bringing that ability, that power um, to creation and saying, yes, God can create uh, things along those lines. So my addressing like creation is to go and like grow your view of God, the holiness of God, R.C. Sproul, desiring God, John Piper. Um, and, and those are a couple of many. I was going to say the holiness of God as well. That, that book broke me when I read it the first Mm. time. And it's just this idea that God is big. Like God is powerful. God Mm. can do the things that Genesis one says he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really concerning, again, for all these reasons, too. Like, if God can't do this, like, what else can't he do? Like, there's a lot of questions there that I have. If God can't breathe stars into place, if God can't create... I mean, he talks about storing up winds in Psalms. He stores up winds. He stores up lightning. You know, like, these things are nothing for him. He creates life. He gives life. He takes life away. And he's taking care of strands of grass and rock badgers and donkeys. And you're just like... And me, and me, and so just growing your view of God, you need a big view of God to give him the creation of the world. And like we said at the beginning, the best way to grow a big view of God, read your Bible Mm -hmm. and read it with like, hey, what is this saying about God? Because I think we can often look at the scripture and go like, what does this mean for me today? And we can get there, right? But let's start out with like, okay, what is this telling me about God? Mm -hmm. Like not only... What is this telling me about his creation? But what is this creation telling me about God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so get in your Bibles, guys. Uh, we can't say that enough as a church, as pastors, as elders. Uh, we you got to get in your Bible because you're going to grow and like, man, this God that we serve is amazing. This God that created, this God that created me is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we want you to do. So um, want to jump back real quick um just just kind of thought about this r- r- right before we finish here um 
we talked about a lot of different things in creation. Like where, at what points do you, can you believe like certain things and not believe certain things and still actually be a Christian, right? We kind of jumped over that earlier. Mm -hmm. So whether it's young earth, old earth, all those kind of things, like where do you start to go? Ah, I'm not sure you're a Christian. If you start to go down this trail, would you guys Mm -hmm. say anything to that? Yeah. Um, I would say you have to believe what the Bible says, right? And if you try to get around that, then you're just like Israel trying to get around the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. So so I would say that, that you have to start there. Um, I read an interesting quote in um, uh, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. He was talking about evolution. And he said, um, instead of the straightforward biblical account of God's creation, the evolution view has to understand events have occurred something like this. And God said, let there bring forth let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. And after 387,492,871 attempts, God finally made a mouse that worked. Hmm. And so you got to believe that God is powerful, right? He can make a mouse and he can make a mouse on the first try and he can make a mouse be a mouse on the first try. Yeah. And for me, like, I think, I think, so whether it be creation or whether it be your view of the end times, starting at the cross, right? So addressing your sin issue and recognizing that there is a God, Mm -hmm. because you might have gone through years of training that would be contrary to Genesis one and what took years might not be over in an instant. Mm -hmm. For some people it is, but for many, it's also a journey to, to go there. And so starting at the cross at the gospel and then working your way back around to some of these more difficult concepts that you might wrestle with. And I think it's okay to ask the questions why Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask them again and just lean into it and like wrestle with what this looks like. And and it is earth shattering. But I think the the call of the gospel is to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you must believe that to be saved. And so I think there's some room in here too, but like in in believing that Jesus is God, you're going to increase, you're going to realize his holiness. Hence the reason you believe Jesus, because you realize you're a sinner Mm -hmm. and then you're going to have to wrestle. You're going to have to take that high view of God. And I think you do need to eventually get, you need to go wrestle with hard texts. Like let's not hide Mm -hmm. from them. Let's not ignore the flood. Let's not ignore creation. Let's not ignore various views on uh, old time or end times. Let's not ignore election. Let's not ignore free will. Let's, let's go to these topics with the word of God, a high view of God. And I would say always fall when you don't know in that God is good yep. and he is powerful and he is awesome. Yep. That's great guys. Yep. I think yep. that's a great way to kind of sum up our discussion today. Let's, let's make a big deal about God and we believe creation does mm-hmm. that. Right. Uh, one of the things we want to finish up with today, uh, we can get caught up in a lot of arguments here. We can a lot of discussion. Um, but what I would love to do today is kind of give a shout out to who's somebody in our church. When we think about our mission, we obviously want to raise up mature disciples um, part of that raising up mature disciples is for us to equip people in things like what we're talking about today. But who is somebody in our church that you would say, man, I just want to praise God for because they've either been like growing as a mature disciple, they've been greatly living as a everyday missionary, or they've just been glorifying God in a different way in their lives. So has anybody come to your mind that you want to just give a shout out to today? I got a whole group of people, there like you go. my connection group. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just been so encouraging to me to see how they've leaned in and how uh, we're going through a multiplication process with our connection group now. And there are three groups coming out of our group mm-hmm. and, and that's been neat to see people are being faithful They're And it's just, I'm just so excited for them and so excited to see what they can do. So that's awesome. 
uh, one person in particular I also have, and a whole slew of people, so I'm skim- skipping over many, but uh, Josh Peterson stands out in my mind. Uh, many people know him and see him around, but he's just, he's doing it. He's reaching out to friends, reaching out to family, living out the gospel, and uh, trying to, you know, interject into some struggles that friends are having, and, you know, reading books with people, and uh, mm-hmm. just encouraging and shepherding. That's awesome. Uh, Veritas, we are super thankful that we get the privilege to serve as your elders. Um, that is a privilege that we don't take lightly, but you make it a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you're growing as disciples, the way that you're living as everyday missionaries, and ultimately the way that you're glorifying God as people created by him, man, you, you make it a joy to serve. So thanks, Veritas. Look forward to um, seeing how discussions come as a result of this podcast. And uh, we'll continue in this series over the next few weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.